Hey everyone, welcome back to another episode of the Comics Collective, the weekly podcast where we talk about our favorite comic books and graphic novels, and on episodes like this, we talk to the people who make them. We are joined today by comic book writer Chris Condon, writer of That Texas Blood, and the upcoming The Enfield Gang Massacre miniseries from Image Comics. Hey Chris, how's it going? I'm, I'm well, how are you? Thanks for having me. Yeah, I'm doing really well. It feels a little more rehearsed this time, and just feel <laughs> yeah, no one messed up, said anything wrong. Perfect. <laughs> yeah, perfect. So, Chris, maybe for our listeners, <laughs> I'm sorry. What? So, I wonder what happened, Dallas. Ah, you know, <laughs> they're <laughs> never gonna know. <laughs> so, Chris, maybe for our listeners that have not read that Texas blood yet listeners go out and do that. How would you describe your series up to this point for a new reader? Um, the way that I describe, so I'm, I'm the worst pitcher of our, of our series. Um, whenever I do like a festival or a convention, uh, when people ask me, what's your pitch? Here's my pitch. It's about a fictional West Texas County where bad stuff happens. That's my pitch. But what I would really say is that it's about a, a fictional West Texas County in which bad stuff happens and we travel through time to explore the place, the people, and, and uh, focus on a few characters specifically, including Sheriff Joe Bob Coates, who is our, sur- our surrogate in, in the stories. Um, and we get to travel through 1981, 1993, and finally present day. Um, that's that Texas blood up to this point. I think that's a very good description. I don't know why you thought that was going to be bad. I was, that nailed it. What more do you need to know? You had me at Joe Bob. There you go. Name a character Joe Bob that people will come. It makes me smile every time. Every time I hit the Bob in the name, like, yeah, he's obese. Look at him. That's a perfect comic. It's based on a real guy that I know whose name is Joe Bob. Uh, he's not quite our Joe Bob, but um, he's uh, his knowing that his name is Joe Bob is pro- possibly one of the greatest things, one of the greatest joys <laughs> in my life uh, that I know a real Joe Bob. Uh, so it was, it would, it behooved me to name a character after him, especially in West Texas. Oh yes, something that made me really happy reading through this in Volume Three. Joe Bob looks a lot like my dad. I have a big cowboy dad and I, I sent him a picture of this panel. I was like, this looks like you. And in a classic, like distant cowboy way, he was like, that's nice, son. And then I kept turning the page and his name, Adam Taylor was in the comic. I was like, oh, it's Adam Taylor over here. I was like, this is the greatest day. I think that was it. Was that the final issue? You know, it was, I think it was the final. It was either second to last or last where they were, out stuck in the blizzard there were two guys who yeah. were stuck out in their car and one of them was adam taylor and i was like so this is the you best want to know day. the story of why that was in there that wasn't just that was actually so that wasn't just me coming up with names i actually had a, a fan a, a reader write to me on dms and was like hey i've had a really shitty year would you maybe consider naming like a character after me or something it would really make my day and i was like yeah sure why not so I just threw him in there. It turns out it was my dad. My dad's yeah. like, put me in this comic. Yeah. Who knows? Maybe he's a gigantic comic book fan. 
Really? And he's just been oh. keeping that back. He's like, we need to stay emotionally distant. I'm not going to let him know <laughs> that I also like comic books. <laughs> oh, that's, that's funny, though. I, yeah, yeah, that's, that's a good name, though. Alan Taylor. Sounds like a good one name. It does. Yeah. So, Cowboys, Western, Texas, what made you, in 2021, decide that the world needed a neo-Western called That Texas Blood? Well, you know, I, I don't know if we necessarily... I, you know, it's a weird question of, you know, do we need it? I don't know. Um, but I do know that uh, I have a fascination with the place and, and, uh, and Westerns in general. Um, one of the big influences for me is a movie called Paris, Texas, um, which is, it's a, it's about, um, uh, a father reconnecting with his son. Um, and it's very much, it's, it, you know, it's not so much neo-Western or anything like that. It's essentially a drama film. But, um, what I loved about that film was, was how they developed character and, and, you know, how that, how the, the environment of, of Texas really, it's very much a character um, alongside any of the, the the actual you know the actors in the film, um, so I, that was something that always kind of fascinated me, and I wanted to carry that over into whatever we did. I mean, but that's the case with any western that you watch. The the, the setting is very much a character. Um, if you watch an old John Ford western, Monument Valley is very much front and center. You know, you see those gigantic uh, rock formations. I'm, I'm not going to take a guess at what they're called. Uh, <laughs> called mesas. I'm from mesa. there. <laughs> well, I assumed it was a mesa or some sort of thing like that, but I wasn't about to <laughs> risk my reputation. Um, but uh, yeah, it, it you know in a western, the environment is very much part of it. But really, what I wanted to you know look into was uh, just you know the, the human character and and what uh, what people in this area of the world are, are like. And you know, I I happen to know a lot of Texans, and uh, I think that they, you know they're interesting people in general they're, they're sort of you know not all of them but to a certain extent they're all oddballs <laughs> and uh and i love them for it i mean i'm an oddball myself uh so i, I identify with them uh but yeah i i don't know i just i i think this you know it's the same re- reason that you write any sort of story that you create any story at all is you know is, i just wanted to do it i just wanted to you know explore the stories that the, the people in this county have to tell. Um, and that's, that's really it. And I, and I think that that's something that people connected with, um, especially in, you know, 2020 was when the first arc came out. Um, I think that, you know, we were all isolated. And if you weren't in Texas, you were invited to Texas through this comic and, and vice versa. If you were in Texas, you felt like somebody out there got you, you know, um, we had a lot of people reaching out to us, talking to us about how they felt that the comic spoke to them. And I mean, that, you know, not to say that that all comes down to either what Jake or I are doing, but it's just, it comes down to the fact that we're, you know, we're just writing stories that, that I think are human. I, I think that's really what comes down to just that it's a human story that we're telling, even if we're talking about cults or serial killers or anything like that. 
The story definitely, it feels very human. I think you guys succeed at that. I think it also feels uh, very Texan. My mom's from Texas, so I've been there a few times. Uh, mm-hmm. And But you were, I was reading an interview from before, uh, during the, the COVID days, as we like to call them. And you, were, you and Jacob were saying that you guys haven't been to Texas. Um, have you Jake gotten a chance to do to that yet? I, I had oh. been to Texas. But Jake oh, had, okay. Um, I'm not from Texas, is no. maybe... Um, what you're thinking of but yeah it, jake went to texas for the first time last year and oh, i actually nice. met him out there I, I we went out together technically um and we spent some time in west texas and uh, a lot of the drawings that you saw in volume three and also in enfield they're very much direct i mean they're directly related to that trip because i think some of them are just flat out you know they're recreations of the draw uh, their drawings of uh, photographs that he took uh, while he was out there um, but it was also just, it was good for him to be able to get out there and actually talk to real Texans and to, you know, interact with real Texans, but also interact with, like I said, you know, the, the setting, um, to watch a sunset from a, from a hilltop is a different experience in Manchester, uh, <laughs> than it is in Texas. So, um, yeah, it was very, it was very good for the both of us. Um, I, I've had a relationship with Texas, uh, Pretty much my whole life. I have family in Texas, but I hadn't been to Texas until I was in uh, in college. I got a I had a good friend of mine uh, who was from West Texas, from the area where our comic is based. You know, ours is a fictional version of it. Um, but uh, through him, I was able to you know meeting him and his, his parents and talking to his parents. Sort of got to know Texas in that way. It was in a very like you know uh, informal way, and then actually going to Texas. Um, and just experiencing and going to restaurants and talking to people at bars and stuff like that. It was just, it was all very informative. And that's, you know, that all, all that very, was very much big inspiration on me because it was essentially like, it was all research. I didn't even know it, but it was all research, you know, cause it was all just, you know, observing and just soaking up all this stuff, all this Texas stuff, all the Texan isms and all that. <laughs> Great alternate title, all that Texas stuff. That Texas isms, <laughs> shenanigans. <laughs> Dang, aren't they weird here? Question mark. <laughs> but like us, question mark? <laughs> Do Texans also have feelings? Question mark. <laughs> we'll find out. Where where are you guys from? So initially I am from Utah, but I'm living in New York now. Okay. You're not too far from me. I'm in New Jersey. Nice. Oh, but your name is Dallas. I thought there's a chance you look Dallas. <laughs> I was in Dallas, Texas once, and I melted this burrito maker's brain. I was in an airport. And I, I was thought like, you were going to say I melted. I thought so too. And then you said this burrito. I was like, so you melted a burrito? And it's like, no, this melted burrito's brain. I was like, whoa, what? What's going on? See, that's a great sentence. It kept you guessing the whole way through. You were hooked. <laughs> But he asked for my name for the order, and I said Dallas, and you could just watch, like, does not compute. <laughs> and at first, I thought it was funny, but I was like, if anyone came up to me, like, Hi, my name is New York, I'd be like, what the hell do you mean? Well, that's a, that's a very unique thing to Texas. There's folks named Texas, things like that. That's a different kind of pride in the place you're yeah. from. I don't think I'd ever name someone Utah. Like, I, I like the place, but it's like, it hello, this is my child, Utah. 
Yeah, I'm, I'm, I come from a town, Metuchen. If I had met a guy named Metuchen, I'd be like, why? <laughs> I'm you. Um, Fill me in. But uh, Evan, where are you from? Uh, I'm from, I'm going to dox myself. Just for you, though, I'm from Buffalo. Okay. Uh, Buffalo, New York. Right. So, so you, you and Tyler Boss. That is true. Yeah. Guess so, and also friends. And the, uh, <laughs> I can't remember. Oh, who who uh, who drew Bane? I can't remember. But the who person who uh, Bane, the DC character Bane, which the, the original Bane, artist. Yeah, I'm pretty sure he's Bane. from not Buffalo, but like Grand Island. So, which is near Buffalo. If you're not familiar, hmm. Bane is a Batman know, villain. He has a luchador man, <laughs> strong guy. Who drew <laughs> Bane first? But now I'm curious. I don't know. But I met him once. He's very nice. Nice. <laughs> so this is why the people come to the Bad Texas Blood interview. That's they right. Do. They're like, They're who like, drew Bane? <laughs> <laughs> Just have some really contemplative listeners right now. Like, who yeah. was it? Also, oh, now we know where Evan's from. Yeah, I've been holding that to my chest for years. Thanks, Chris. You're welcome. <laughs> Hold it out of me. So, was your trip to West Texas what inspired you to go all the way back to the Enfield Gang Massacre for this arc? Or was this always the trajectory of the story for the fourth arc no. to be the full Western? No, the, 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 the short answer is no. I mean, it... it helped us in sort of crafting and you know, there, there's definitely, there was stuff that uh, from that trip that we used for the story. Um, specifically talking to, um, there's a West Texas historian named Larry Francel. Um, uh, he kind of told us some, some things about, you know, the town that I, I didn't know previously. Um, like for example, there's like areas of town that are designated different names. So there's like Newtown, which is like sort of the more downtown area. Um, but it's also where it was more white and affluent. Um, and then there was Chihuahua, um, which is a, was a poorer neighborhood and more diverse neighborhood. Um, and the, things like that, that I had no idea that, and that, that all sort of informed the story of the Antoine Gang Massacre, where it was essentially a tale of two Fort Lahanes, two Ambrose counties where they were sort of, you know, battling each other because one didn't want the other to exist. So... Um, there was definitely that um, inspiration for the for the story. I mean, in terms of where the, the Enfield Game Master really came from was from a pilot script I had written in like 2013, um, which I don't know if it's very good, but there was a scene in which we meet this uh, really bad guy, <laughs> outlaw named Montgomery Enfield. And he's not that same guy in the current iteration. But I liked the idea of the thing, and I liked the, the name, the Enfield Game Massacre. I thought it had a good ring to it. Um, I mean, anything that ends in Massacre, I think, is like a pretty good title, Texas Chainsaw Massacre. Also, Texas Chainsaw Massacre is one of my favorite films. So having a blank, blank massacre title, I'm on board. Um but uh, yeah, it, it it came from that script initially, and then um, when we were doing the backup, uh, the back matter for issue seven of that Texas Blood, which uh, kicked off our second arc, we have a two-page um, article from this fictional uh, West Texas 
a periodical called the Texas Record. And uh, in that article, it's all about Ambrose County and about some of the bad stuff that's happened in it. And one of those things that's mentioned is the Enfield Gang massacre. And there's a picture that Jake drew of the Enfield Gang. And when Jake was drawing that picture and he had read the article, he, he reached out and he just said, hey, are we, are we ever going to see a little bit more of this? And I said, well, uh, I have a plan for the next arc, but after that, if you want to do it then, like, let's do that. So that's really where it came from, was that. I mean, what I just said also makes it sound like I don't have plans for what's going on. <laughs> which is not true um i have the next three arcs planned out and that's uh, that the plan is that the next three arcs are it um but you know i don't have them like outlined or anything like that i sort of have like a basic the gist of what an idea is and then I, i'll figure out the the real the details of them later um but uh, yeah that that's really where it came from was just jake wanted to draw a western and then explore this stuff and i had this sort of the nugget of an idea sitting there um and yeah it was just like just getting around to actually doing it so that's it that's good i love hearing about your process because I, I was very curious about that because i knew you had a few more arcs planned already so i wasn't sure if you had a timeline already set up that you're like oh i'm gonna reference this here and go back to here or if you're just winging it it sounds like you're winging it and killing it. So I love that. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, it's kind of, not not really. I mean, it's like it's sort of winging it in that, like I said, I, I don't really like to outline uh, extensively. Um, I, yeah, I understand that it helps some people, but for me, outlining is like, uh, it, it makes me too rigid, I think. Mm, yeah. Um, and I like to have a script really... It, develop i would like the story to develop there and the characters to develop there like i kind of have like an idea of what i'm gonna do and i have an idea of what you know characters i want and then what i kind of want their catharsis to be and whatever the issue is but like for example uh issue two of enfield which nobody's read yet but um and i'm not gonna ruin it for you but like the ending of that issue i thought was gonna be one thing which was gonna end on sort of like a positive sort of note um and then i realized like by page like 16 I, there was no way i was getting there and that the way that i was writing it was going in a totally different direction and so i just went with the direction that i was going it, i still wind up at the same place at the end of the day um but it's you know where i thought i was going to end i didn't um and in fact it got me a better ending for the issue it was a little bit more dramatic a little bit more intense um, which is what you want in a book, you know, it's called the Info Game Master. I think you want something that's going to be intense and, uh, you know, really keep people on the edge of their seats. So you talk about this being a story built around the two sides of a town. Are you going to draw it all from like Fistful of Dollars or is this a completely different direction you're going with? Uh, I mean, I'm definitely inspired by the Dollars Trilogy, but I, I'm not specifically pulling from that. What I'm pulling from is more real-life stuff that I've read and that I've been told from Larry. Um, so, like, uh, a lot of the stuff that I've read about uh, Texas Rangers and the massacres that they took part in, for example, that's something that, you know, I'm pulling from. So, I mean, I, definitely, I mean... 
I, I absolutely love those Sergio Leone movies, but I, you know, whether they're specifically an inspiration, I wouldn't say that I'm like sitting there or watching them and going, Oh, I'm going to use this. I'm going to use this. I'm going to use this. It's just sort of like that stuff sort of in my DNA at this point. So it's just there. Um, and so if I'm pulling from it, it's just by osmosis. It's not on purpose. I would say. I like that. So a pretty major part, of like the western mythos is the like mythologization of outlaws and gangs and like generally bad people like butch cassidy is from right by where my parents grew up like bad person and yet they're all just like kind of badass though a little bit you're like no he's not like well a little bit is that something that you feel like it's influencing a book called the Enfield gang massacre. Like, are you going to play with that? Or I guess what is your take on how Westerns lift up these bad people? (laughs) Yeah. I mean, we're definitely playing to that. Um, I think we're looking at it on both sides too. Um, Because I do think that obviously I think that um, Texas Rangers are also lifted up. Um, lauded and they did some really awful things. I think that there's a lot of awful people in the West, you know, in the old West. I think that the, the lawlessness of the place sort of begat some horrible things. And that's, uh, that's just the truth of it. Um, and I think what we're doing is, is, you know, I don't think that we're saying that Enfield is a good, I don't think there's any good people per se in, in the book. Um, but yeah, I, I don't know. It, it's something, yeah, we're definitely exploring the idea of what, you know, it is to be an outlaw and, and a gang in that time period and, and, you know, what, what that meant, um, which is different than what it is, you know, in terms of today. I mean, it was, it was a little bit more of like a ragtag sort of family in a way. Um, but yeah, there, there, there's no real good people in our, in our book, which is fun. It's fun to write bad people. That'll be the pull quote for the interview. <laughs> it's fun to write bad people, Chris Condon. Well, you know, I there's a uh, there was an interviewer um, for it was a print interview that Jake and I did, and the, and the guy asked about. Um, I think it was because specifically because there's a character who was the Texas Ranger. His name is Quentin Eli in the book, and. Um, the way that Jake drew him in this specific panel, he kind of looks Joe Bob adjacent. Mm. And um, the comment was about, are you like worried about doing another story about an aging lawman? And I was like, well, that guy's kind of the villain. It's <laughs> 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 uh, so not really, uh, but yeah, it's, you know, there's, there's no real good people. In fact, there's, there's a, the central scene to issue one where Enfield is, you know, he's sort of ruminating on the bad stuff that he and his partners have done and sort of wondering if that was the right, like if they were right to have done any of it. Um, and then, you know, obviously what happens happens after that, but um, it's, it's something that I'm, you know, anyway, I don't know what I'm saying. I'm trailing off, but uh, anyway. <laughs> no, we were picking it up. I think it made sense. And I think building right. off of that, um, for exploring characters and the country, one of my questions is going to be about 
Um, but I think you already kind of answered it way early on. So I'm kind of rephrasing it now, <laughs> but I was curious if there was, so in like Neo Westerns, a lot of the times the world is kind of set and the characters are set and things are kind of inevitable in how they play out based on who they are and what the conflict is. Mm-hmm. And I feel like at least with my readings of like Cormac McCarthy and watching the movies that those are based off of and, uh, the more traditional neo-western styles i feel like there's not always a solid like lesson um being played out it's more of exploration or uh, almost an experiment is that how you feel about that texas blood or do you think that by the end there's going to be something where you take away something from it um i mean i i hope people take something from i, I don't know if there's a clear-cut answer i don't know if there's you know if you're going to be able to you know, if it's going to be a multiple choice question, they'll be able to answer and go, oh, it was B. You know, I don't <laughs> think it's going to be that. I think that it'll be a little bit more, it'll be more of an open-ended answer. Um, but I, I do think that at the end of the day, I think that it's going to be about um, what choices we make and, and how those impact us and how they impact our lives and the people around us. Um, and I think that's something that weighs on Joe Bob and that Texas blood. And I think it's something that weighs on Enfield. And I think in certain ways, that's something that end, uh, weighs on Eli, the Texas Ranger, in a different way. Um, you know, I don't think that anybody thinks they're being the bad guy. Um, I think that they just think they're doing the right thing for themselves or for others. Um, but they think they're probably doing the right thing. And then we, you know, with the value of hindsight, we look at it and they're fucking evil. But, <laughs> you know... Um, I think, and I don't think that, unless, you know, unless you're like somebody like uh, Richard Ramirez or some like psychopath, <laughs> uh, Hitler, Charles Manson, then you're, you know, you're just, you know, trying to be chaotic and, and that's, that's what pure evil is. But I think the people that uh, we're talking about, um, maybe aside from one or two people in the, in the book, um, they're all fairly nuanced. Uh, I wouldn't say that there's anybody who is like, you know, right down the line, you know, a bad person or, or believes themselves to be acting badly. Um, but yeah, I don't know. It, it's, it's, uh, in terms of like lessons, I don't think there's like a clear cut lesson. I definitely think we're doing a little bit more of a Cormac McCarthy sort of, um, style, um, in which we're really just ruminating on, what uh what it means to live in a place that is just so historically fucked up and (laughs) um and also is a wonderful place you know and there's a lot of wonderful people but it's also got this horrible history um and what that what that's like and what you know what it's like to live through that and and to deal with them you know how you live with it the history of the place is clearly a huge part of that Texas blood. How has writing different time periods of Ambrose County been most interesting for you as a creator? Um, the thing that I love about doing the different time periods is that it. Um, I love having a you know a sort of setting up a a, a moment in the past that um, was a pivotal moment for that character. Like, for example, I mean, we, we see in issue one of that Texas blood, there's a newspaper cutout of Joe Bob with, uh, you know, like a blanket over his shoulders and 
you know, it's sort of implied that his boss was gunned down. And then we go back in volume three and we're able to really see what happened after that. And we get to see the actual, the murder um, and all that. And I, I think that one of the things that I enjoy about that is that it's like, I don't know, it's just, you know, it's, it's always something interesting to me in, in just, you know, talking to people. And uh, I, I come from a family where my, my parents were older and, you know, my dad wasn't very forthcoming, in, you know, in terms of information about himself or my family. Um, so a lot of it was investigations, you know, um, into, you know, prodding him for answers or doing my own sort of research or my brother doing research and or talking to a family member or something like that. Um, and so I kind of always enjoyed that sort of uh, investigation and to be able to do that in this um, story in a fictional way, I think it's really, you know, it's fun and it's a challenge. And I mean, I love to be able to, you know, whether we're going to do it as like a flashback sort of setup or whether we're going to do it just like, so with, Volume two, we do the flashback thing. Um, and in volume one and three, I mean, we do play with the past an awful lot, but we don't, we just set it in those time periods and we let it just be. Um, and that, you know, that's a con conscious choice um, of how we wanted to tell the story. You know, I mean, we don't want to do every arc the same where it's somebody sitting on the opposite side of a diner booth with you and you're talking with them the entire time. And I mean, that's fun for one arc, but if we did five arcs that way, I think people would stop coming. Um, but it's also, I mean, it, it gives us a varied way of telling a story and, you know, I don't know. It, it's just, I always love, you know, I always just love a good story, you know, about, Oh, the time that this storm hit, or you know, some or this happened, you know, and and on this date, and all that kind of stuff. We just get to explore it. Really, is what it comes down to. I love that they feel like small town stories. Like I, most of my family is from the rural west, towns yeah. of like three hundred to six hundred people tops, mm -hmm. and the idea of that one big storm as something they remember is spot on like the <laughs> there's such yeah. a a personal drama that can get tied up in things that seem inane if you're not from that place but when there's nothing else to do i feel like you really get into the weeds of those situations and i i just love i love that detail and then i just loved seeing how close-knit the community was of ambrose county that felt very true as well i guess so you're you're not from West Texas, but you have family there. You, how was it writing a small town and rural people not being from that area? Uh, I mean, I'm from a small town in New Jersey, so I mean, it's you know, it's not like too far off. At the end of the day, I mean, I, I did grow up fairly close to New York, so I did grow up in a more suburban uh, city adjacent. Uh, way but at the end of the day like i did grow up in a very small town um we had i think growing up i think there's around like twelve thousand or fourteen thousand people in the town um so it was a bigger town but not it was a borough technically but it was, it was, pre it was pretty like tight-knit in terms of like the people that i actually didn't interact with so i mean that that was all sort of 
an inspiration for it. But I mean, I the biggest inspiration probably comes from uh, my father's family in Iowa, uh, which is all farm farmer families, and so that's like very much um, a much uh, smaller community and um, a more tight knit community. And I mean, that was a huge inspiration in um, in terms of sort of crafting this sort of a a world. Um, but yeah, I just, you know, I, I always kind of go back to just, you know, visiting the places and, and just experiencing, uh, being in West Texas and, uh, you know, in Fort Davis and Marfa and all those towns, and, you know, everybody knows each other. If you, if you don't wave at them from your pickup as you're driving by, then they, they get mad at you and then you got an enemy for a week, you know? And it's like, that's, that's the sort of, you know, that's like, a little nugget of information that you just like put somewhere in the back of your head. And then when you're writing a story, it's like, okay, that's the kind of world that this is, you know, and it, that it's sounds like a very inane thing, but it's like so important to understanding what that world is and what those people are like. And, you know, um, I think that's what uh, we did fairly well on issue one of, that Texas blood, which is we established that Joe Bob is just sort of like, he just goes about his like daily routine and he just, everybody knows him and he's able to get, he's able to talk to people in their worst times. Um, for example, when, uh, Ruthie's clearly in a argument, maybe a physical altercation. We don't find out until later, uh, with her husband. Um, and then we also, you know, we just get to see him talk to a, you know, convenience store clerk. And then we also get him to talk to uh, Vic, <laughs> who uh, <laughs> is of a rattlesnake. Um, you know, it's just, it, that's the kind of life that, that you know, people in Texas live. And, I, you know, I, it was just, it was, uh, it, it really came down to, if we didn't tell an accurate representation of the place, we would just, we wouldn't be talking about that Texas blood right now. Um, the book would have come and gone and nobody would have sat with it. I mean, the, you know, if you're going to be writing a story set in a place like that, you need to be as authentic as possible to both character, the setting. Um, you need to really get down to the details of the place. And I, and I mean, we, we really do get down to the details of things. I mean, I had a, I had a note from another writer who I, I very much enjoy their stuff and I, I admire them, but they were wrong in this circumstance because they said <laughs> that um, there's a, it's in the previews um, of Enfield, but if you want to look it up, you can, but uh, Enfield says, yeah, yeah. in like the first, uh, maybe it's the second page or something. Um, and he said, uh, yeah, it has an H at the end of it. What he's saying here is like, yay. And I, I had to stop when I was like, well, technically, actually look it up. Yeah. Yeah. And enter, uh, enter the, the modern parlance until like the early 20th century. It would have been spelled Y-E-A. So, you know, that was like one of those things that I like looked up. And then there was that actual like historical reason for why I did this one thing. You know, same thing with like, you know, just like looking up like the language of like the old west and and what people 
you know, how they talked, what words they used, what words they didn't use. Um, you know, there's certain ways where it's a little more proper, you know, in some ways, and then it's also just broken English in another way. So it's like fun to kind of play with them and do things like that. But that, that's the kind of stuff where it gets fun um, is in trying to make the, the dialogue sound as authentic as possible. And I always read the dialogue out loud when I write it so that, it, you know, if it sounds good, it's good. Um, but if it sounds weird, it's probably wrong. So it's just one of those sort of things. But yeah, so that's, I mean, yeah, I don't know. It's, it's all, it's all just guessing, but yeah, it's just like, I don't know. Just trying to make it as authentic as possible, I guess. So when you do the dialogue out loud, the real question is, do you do the accent with it or do you keep it professional? <laughs> yeah, I got to do the accent. I got to, you know, find Joe Bob voice and... <laughs> I don't really you do voices. Show us what it's like. I, do. <laughs> I don't really do voices, um, and I'll I'll keep them in private for myself. But I mean, it's more. Oh, <laughs> it is more like uh, I do like sort of uh, Western accent for Texas accent for um, yeah. for them when I when I do read it. Um, but yeah, it's you know it's it is fun writing the dialogue um, and just figuring you know like I said just like figuring out what the you know different things are and all that, you know, cause there's like things like, uh, you know, if somebody's like, oh, I'm going to go get drunk tonight, I wouldn't necessarily just say drunk, but I use a different yeah. words. Like in, uh, issue one, I say, you know, tangle foot is like a, a way that they would say like alcohol back then. So it's like, well, let's use that. That sounds, that sounds fun. You know, tangle foot instead of saying, go get drunk. Um, you know, things like that, just like, you know, and it all just comes down to research and reading and just trying to be, you know, cognizant of those sorts of choices. Um, and, you know, I mean, I think at a certain point with Westerns, you kind of, uh, you can fall into cliche pretty easily. Yeah. Um, so that's something that we're trying not to do. But at the same time, I, I, I don't really mind if we fall into cliche because it's a Western now. Yeah, I do think it's uh, you know, we're doing our own thing, and I I think that uh, yeah, I hope readers sort of connect with that, and they're you know, they, they, I mean, the the people I've sent it to, and the people who have read it, um, you know, I mean, I you've probably seen some people on Twitter or Instagram um, talking about it, and they like it, and I've talked to them privately, and they've they've like reiterated like, no, 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 they really actually like, it. Like, okay, good. Um, because, you know, otherwise it's just Jake and myself. But um, And when I send a uh, script to Jake, I'm like, what do you think? And when he says it's good, I'm like, all right. Because <laughs> um, the only person who's seen it beside, besides him would be me. And I just, you know, I tend to think everything's awful. So, <laughs> so it's always a relief knowing that it's not bad. Yeah, I've been seeing. Oh, go ahead. Now you go. Now I was gonna say I've been seeing a lot of praise for it. I'm very excited, and uh, I just wanted to reassure you that I'm sure it's great. <laughs> so far, everything's been great. I think um, I'm gonna do real quick praises all of a sudden, but <laughs> no questions right now. Just all praise. I think it's really cool how you're able to progress the story forward and make it feel very. It feels authentic, like you're trying to do. It feels natural. The progression feels really good. I love that the first central conflict is about where a casserole dish is and then the issue ends the way it ends. And then you're like, okay, this is what the story is actually about. But I was really invested in that casserole dish for a little bit to see where that went. 
Um, and then, you know, and then by volume three, we're talking about serial killers and it, it feels like a natural escalation somehow. So I do want to give you your praise if you haven't heard it enough yet. <laughs> no, give me, give me more. Give me more. <laughs> oh, um, no, it, it, I mean, it's uh, with, in terms of like the natural progression of it. I mean, I think that just goes into the, you know, what I was saying before about, you know, how we go into the past and how we get to explore those sorts of moments. So, I mean, you know, we definitely see this world where you 70 year old sheriff in issue one in the first arc of that Texas blood. Um, and, you know, obviously there's that question of like, how did he get there? You know, why is he that way? And, you know, all that sort of stuff. But I mean, uh, so, I mean, we, we get to explore that, especially in the third arc where we get to see him sort of in the aftermath of the murder of, his predecessor, Sam. And uh, we get to see him, you know, dealing with, you know, the the fact that he's in a role that he didn't necessarily ever want. And he's found himself in a position where he has to run for that role. And um, he has to own it. And he does. And, um, you know, it's, it's just, you know, that sort of stuff is, is the kind of stuff that I love about um, the fiction that I read and, and the movies that I watch, um, you know, just developing characters and, and just, um, if we did something that was like, so beyond the character and it was, you know, it was like some weird sort of, I don't, I don't think it would have, it, a, it wouldn't have sold. I don't think we would have sold people on it. Um, uh, yeah, it's you, you have to go with the characters because I mean, it, there's they feel so true to both readers and to us. I mean, that you know, they're very much they're you know, they're like weird imaginary friends in a way. Um, but it's like you know, I don't know if it doesn't feel true to the characters, I don't think that the story works. I mean, I there is a plan for an arc um, that pushes the boundaries a little bit for us, but. Uh, I mean, we're so far out that I'm able to think about it. So, and you know, if it doesn't fit, it doesn't fit, and I'll, you know, I'll get, I'll cross that bridge when I get to it. But um, I do think that we can get there. And but you know, also that's another challenge. It's just you know, I don't think that if you're a writer and you're writing something like comic books, I don't think. You're going to be doing yourself justice if you do the same thing over and over again. I think that you have to push yourself and try new things and challenge yourself and try to tell new stories and, you know, about new people and new places and things like that. I mean, that's, you know, I'm not from Texas and I read a, a series about Texas. A lot of people, first time they meet me, they're like, first of all, I thought you were from Texas. Second of all, I thought you were 60 years old. And, <laughs> okay, um, sorry. <laughs> but, um, you know, I, I just think that it's in, important for as a storyteller to, you know, push yourself and to really um, try to explore new things. And, and, you know, I think that that's what, you know, being a writer is. I think that at the end of the day, I mean, I think, you know, we kind of got into this before, but I think, you know, it's all just about exploring humanity and exploring, you know, your world and, and to get in touch with the world and to, to get in touch with the world through somebody else's eyes. I don't, I don't Maybe that's the best way to figure out your world. I don't know. I like that. I, with a series as 
character driven as that Texas blood. I think the conversation rarely drifts just how towards just how much you are accomplishing with genre here, like blending. We've had a cult arc. We've had a serial killer arc. We have like a true crime arc. What are these just genres that you're interested in? Or is there a method to the genre blending that you're doing with that Texas blood? Um, I just, you know, I mean, I think that in the day, I just kind of think that, you know, it's like, it's really silly, but it's like, it's like the Hardy Boys or something where it's like each book has like a different mystery. It's like, it's really just that. I mean, I wish that I could say that there was like more to it, but you know, I just sort of, when I was coming up with arcs that we would do for that Texas blood, I was like, well, it'd be fun if there was a this arc and there was a this arc. <laughs> so, I mean, that was really what it comes down to. Like I, I even mentioned it in the back matter, so I'm not ruining anything for anybody, but the next arc that we're going to come back with is going to be a heist. Um, which is something I think will be interesting, especially considering it's in West Texas. So it's not like your traditional heist. Um, but uh, yeah, so that it's just, you know, I think that it's just fun to play around with genre and to put our characters. Cause I mean, at the end of the day, I mean, like we don't all experience these sorts of crazy things, but we do have moments in our lives where we had, you know, we were talking about it before, like that, that big storm that hits, you know, or whatever, you know, we all have those moments in our lives. I mean, that car accident I was in, or whatever, you know, whatever. Um, it just so happens that for Joe Bob, you know, it's a Texas, famous Texas serial killer who comes into town, you know, and, you know, and the same thing with the, the cult. Um, but, you know, the, the larger story would be that they're, you know, it all is centralized in, in this um, fictional county. And then maybe there's a reason all this stuff happened. And that's, you know, and that's something that we're exploring further in the Enfield Game Massacre, um, which, you know, I mean, it's, it is very much its own thing. We're not, you know, really dipping our toes into too much that Texas blood stuff because it's an all new set of characters. And it's an all new, essentially an all new setting because it's 150 years in the past. I mean, there are some buildings that are the same, um, which is fun. But I mean, to a large extent, it's very different um, in terms of the you know the setting. So it's it's like a tabula rasa in, in some ways, and you know I the the thing that um, I I think that we're trying to get at with Enfield in terms of like its connection to that question about the county itself, and I mean Joe Bob asked that question in Volume Two, like you know can a place be evil? Um, and it really comes down to the, the bad thing that happens in the Enfield Game Massacre. It's like, the you know, it's the, the, the idea is like, this is a new county at that point, And it's essentially like baptism in blood. Like there's a reason that this is, this is sort of the pivotal moment. Um, or was it the pivotal moment? I don't know. The real brave question this asks is massacres, good or bad? We we'll <laughs> never out. know. We won't see by here. issue six. Uh, I'll let you guys handle that question. <laughs> uh, yeah, I don't think massacre, massacre are bad. What's going on? Heard it here first, folks. Unless it's the Texas Chainsaw Massacre. Good. 
Chris well, says massacre some bad. massacres okay. okay. <laughs> Seems like you're really yeah. two side in this one, Chris. Texas Chainsaw, good. Anfield game, bad. Bad. <laughs> so my <laughs> final question, my final question for you, is. At comic book conventions, are you wearing that Texas belt buckle? Like, are you going to come as like a big Western guy? Do you want to play to that persona at all for the people? Mm-hmm. Yeah, I'm going to wear a big cowboy hat. Um, <laughs> I'm going to have a six pack at Lone Star. And I'm going to say well when anybody talks to me. No, yeah, I mean, I, I don't. Uh... <laughs> Um, yeah, uh, basically, um, uh, what was I saying? Uh, dressing up as a cowboy. Uh, (laughs) he said, I want to show up with a cowboy hat and questionable opinions. No, I don't have a persona. The the only persona I have is myself. I think it would be disingenuous to, to pretend to be someone that I wasn't, you know? Um, and I think that that, that kind of comes down to, you know, even with, um, you know, like when, when people, like I just said, I mean, you know, people think that I'm from Texas for them, you know, any, you know, I could have, I could have played coy and not told people where I'm from. Uh, you know, I, I could have sort of just said like parts unknown or just sort of not talked about it. Could have been Bob Dylan about the whole thing. But, you know, I, I feel like it's, you know, it's interesting to have, you know, people from different areas of the world, different areas of the country write about other areas and, you know, engage with it in a very honest and, and frank way and, and don't try to preach to any particular area. You know, because I don't think that, like, I give a particularly Eastern uh, spin to Texas folk. I try to engage with them on their level. I, I Somebody asked me way, way, way back when, it was literally in 2020, would, would Joe Bob vote for Trump? <laughs> <laughs> and my answer to that was, I, you know, no, I don't think he would. Um, but I do think that traditionally he was a Republican. Um, but I don't think that he could get himself to vote for this New York guy. I, don't, I think that he would see through him. And I don't think, I think that he, he might feel an allegiance to Republicans, but I don't think that, I think he probably just wouldn't have voted. Um, but that's what I said. I mean, I don't, I don't know. You know, obviously, I haven't really delved into that. But like, that's all that I can do is try to engage with the characters in a very honest way. Um, and I think that you know, that's it. I don't know. I like that was a very heartfelt and insightful answer to a very silly question. So, I <laughs> <that>. <laughs> also, I need to get cowboy boots and a cowboy hat. I used to have one, and I lost my cowboy hat. What happened to it? All I got to say is if we're going to be talking about being genuine to who you are, I need you to come to Brooklyn and let everyone know they have to stop wearing cowboy boots and cowboy hats or I'm going <laughs> to lose my marbles. Tell them they're not in Texas. I No need for cowboy boots. Uh, there was one time I, I in Brooklyn. Some What? You're uncomfortable. They, they're certainly a decision. Like, The craziest part to me is there was one time someone who was from Long Island was wearing cowboy boots and a cowboy hat talking to me about how 
Utah isn't really the West. Like that's more of the Midwest. And I was like, no, you're making me. It's like, you're making me feel like a crazy person. I was like, so what's West? They're like, well, like Colorado. I was like, I'm further West than Colorado. (laughs) And I was going back and forth. And I was like, I'm going to confiscate your boots. Like what, what's going on here? Yeah. I don't think they understand geography. They're like, it's, it's like a cultural thing, you know? And I was like, you are from Long Island talking about a cultural thing. I would disagree. Thank you. Thank you. I would as well. (laughs) All right, Evan, do you have any final questions? Uh, My final question is, um, so normally when I'm on the podcast, uh, because I'm only a sometime co-host, I just hopped on because I love your book and I really wanted to talk to you. Um, But whenever I'm on, I always like to recommend a comic I've been reading and loving and usually relates to whatever we're talking about. So is there a comic or media that you've been really diving into recently that you really want the people maybe it's something that just hasn't been getting the love it deserves um you could cheat and say the enfield game massacre in texas blood if you want to um but we, uh-huh. i won't hold that against you because that's what i would say but if there's anything that like right now you really want people to like have their eyes on what would that be um what have i been reading lately um i'm trying to th- i mean this caught me off guard a little bit. I'm I'm trying to think of what I've been reading lately that I would want people to check out. I think one of the things that I would say is this is a little maybe an odd answer. I don't know. But um, I've really gotten into the idea that Gene Colan might be the best Marvel artist. Um, So I would ask people to maybe re-examine the work of Gene Colan. Because I know that there's a lot of people that talk about Gene Colan's Dracula and all that. But I mean, if you look back at like his work in, you know, um, Daredevil and, and, you know, I, I all, all the books that he, he did in the 70s and, uh, and in the late 60s for Marvel, I, I think that his stuff's fantastic. I, and, and, you know, his DC work too. Um, but I think that um, in the 60s, I think he might be my favorite Marvel artist. And that, that was the thing that I kind of came to recently was that, you know, realization. Like, oh my God, this guy's fantastic. I always sort of, you know, gloss over him a little bit, um, which I was doing him a, him a disservice. Um, but uh, yeah, this stuff's fantastic. Um, but yeah, people should definitely read the book. <laughs> <laughs> Both great answers. Thank you. You heard it here, folks. Pick up 1970s Daredevil and <laughs> I was trying to think of something more modern that I could recommend that the people read, and I can't really. I just for some reason I can't conjure any answer. I don't know why. I I literally go to the comic shop every week and buy five weekly, <laughs> so I should be able to come up with an answer. I really like Kaya um, oh. by Wes Craig. That's cool. I love Wes Craig. She was nominated for some Ringos. Um, which I've voted for him for. Sorry, other people in this category. Um, <laughs> but uh, I think Jake's new burn is coming out. Is it coming out? It might be coming out next I, week. I think that, yeah, that's coming out this month if it's not already back. It's next right? week. Um, yes, yeah, so a new burn uh, is coming back. I think people should read that. Um, I don't know. There's just, there's so many good books out there. I, you know, I mean, I, I love the work of Christopher Cantwell. I'd recommend anything by him. Specifically, Briar was great. 
Um, his Hellcat series is really good. Star Trek stuff he's doing is fantastic. They're doing the Day of Blood series. Um, let me think. What else? I don't know. Anyway, there's a lot of good stuff out there. I think this is a great time to be reading comics and a good time to be writing comics because um, there's just so much good stuff out there. It's, it's really fun to be able to bat PDFs back and forth with creators because there's, you know, it's just it's such a thrill um, as both a creator but as also as a reader that I'm able to, you know, I have early access to the sort of stuff and, and to be having conversations with those creators, you know, on, you know, a level playing field. Um, even if I still sometimes don't believe it, but it's fun. Um, but yeah, there's just so, so much good stuff out there. It's really hard to just pinpoint one thing, but um, but I'll still go with Gene Cole. Hell yeah. Love well, it. Thank you so much for your time. Thank you so much for your comics. They're incredible. Thank you very um, much. Appreciate that. Where can the people find you if they want to follow you and your work? Uh, I am still on Twitter, um, so I'm 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 I have the same handle for everything. So it's at Christoph Condon. So it's Christopher without the er. So it's at Christoph Condon. Twitter, Instagram, Blue Sky. Um, technically, I'm on Mastodon, even though I don't go on. <laughs> I was also on Hive, which I also don't go on that. Um, and Jake and I also, we share a Patreon account and that's patreon.com slash Condon Phillips. Um, and we post, um, new stuff. We try to do weekly, but if we can't do weekly, I mean, we've been very busy the last couple of weeks. Um, so we've been sort of missing some deadlines and stuff. Um, <laughs> for example, we send postcards out to people once a month and I write a letter to them and I just sent the June letter. We're still behind on the print because Jake's like so busy, um, but we're getting there. But it, you know, we we do post good stuff in between. I, I have a podcast I recorded with Jesse Lonergan that's going up shortly. Um, so yeah, lot, lots of good stuff. So if you like our stuff and you want some sneak peeks and stuff like that, you know, sign up for the Patreon. Fantastic! All right, you hear your folks, and we will see you again next week. Bye.